0: Hello, everyone. This is God Talk with Tara, and I'm Tara. Welcome. We are going to begin with prayer, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what we're starting right now and jump in from there. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your joy, Lord God. Father, we come with hearts that are often heavy with the world around us. We come with minds that are frequently clouded, and we come, Father God, in places of attack, where we feel pressed in, and where we feel uncertain, where we feel lonely, where we feel abandoned. Father God, I pray that you would make yourself large in this space, that you would magnify Jesus Christ in our minds and in our hearts, Lord God, that you would draw our eyes to him as we lift him up so that our problems would recede and we would focus instead father god on your grace and your love and your deliverance lord whatever it is that those who are listening are coming to you with i pray that you would draw it to the surface now lord and help them to say that they lay it at your feet father That we bring it to you and we cast our cares upon you, Lord God. That we know that you, that you will take our burdens in exchange for us carrying the yoke of Christ. That his burdens are light, Father God. Because he does most of the work of carrying them. Lord, I pray. I pray, Father, that in the moment here of quiet, that you would draw to mind the things, Lord God, that we need to lay down. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your creation, Lord, and that you created it. And it was very good. And that you will restore it, Father. And it will once again be very good. Father, we ask that I would be small and Jesus would be large, Lord. And that we would hear you speak here in this space. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I mentioned before, um, the wake-up call out of seedbed.com used to be the seedbed daily text so if you remember the daily text this is the um newly named for new focus um jd hates calling it a devotional and i hate calling it a devotional too because it is so much more than a devotional reading it's really it's really not it is a hmm It is a common text for the people of God to come around and speak to one another in songs and hymns and praise and to sharpen one another as they share the thoughts that God brings to mind over that text and are guided to some degree by J.D.'s writings each day or by Dan if he's doing the writing. Um, We're back with J.D. right now. As I mentioned before, we we just came out of Dan Wilt um, doing a series for Lent, and that is out as a book, so if you would like a Lent series to go through, it is actually a really fantastic series, um, Jesus in the Wild. This series is on Romans, so we're working our way through the book of Romans, and I am trying something new I've never tried to do a sermon series through a book before so it should be kind of interesting Um, and I'm not exactly doing the same thing that typically the pastors that are preaching through Romans as we work through this are going to be doing because they sit down and they prepare their sermons for Sunday morning and uh, and that's not kind of how God has me rolling (laughs) In this podcast, his goal is, um, is still to have me speak what he gives me on a given day without a whole lot of prep, but mm, I do need sharpening. And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about, um, Romans, chapter one, verses one through seven. I know I touched on this a little bit in the last um, podcast, but I don't think we went into the detail of what what the focus tonight's gonna be. And I pray that if I repeat myself, you will forgive that. Um, I, and that you will assume that God needed you to hear that twice, whatever it was. Um, so one of the things that I have run into this week As I was contemplating doing this series, I went ahead and purchased the journal that Seedbed has on this. And if you are following along with the podcast and you are intending to follow along with the podcast throughout this series, I would highly encourage you, um, if you are not already a Wake Up Call reader, I would highly encourage you to go to to Seedbed.com and And go to the wake-up call. There's a link for it right up top. And I'll have a link for it um, on the main page for this particular podcast as well. And sign up uh, for the emails. Sign up for the Facebook group and engage the text every day. If you really want to get into some deep Bible study um, as we follow along with this and you want to be able to really engage with these podcasts, I would encourage you to purchase the Romans journal that they're working through because it has a gorgeous um, prayer of consecration on the front inside page Uh, and it has a method of working through the scripture passages that we're working on each day prior to reading the wake-up call for you to do this part of it at least beforehand so that you can get the text in your mind and get it settled before you jump into the, the wake-up call. Um, the reason that I recommend that is one of the things that we as Christians really, really need to embrace is that it is our responsibility individually to absorb the word of God. The Lord gave us the word of God as a revelation of who he was to guide us into reconciliation with him um, and to guide us in Christian living to reveal who he is so that we can draw near to him and grow closer and closer and be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the word of God is really important. And unfortunately, so many of us don't know what the word of the Lord says. Um, We read it sometimes, usually a little bit here and a little bit there with not a lot of consistency and we don't read it as a whole. And so we are at the mercy of whoever happens to be speaking to us from a pulpit or whoever happens to be speaking to us from the other side of a screen. And it leaves us susceptible to lies. Um, I was wondering where I was going with this. Now I know. So tonight we're going to talk about Christian identity because that's really where God has led me. In this first of the Romans season uh, series here. Um, so when I went to purchase the, the journal for Romans, one of the things that popped up was a preacher sermon preparation block that Seabed was offering. And so I clicked on that because I was curious as to what that was. And it is a time for So there are a bunch of pastors and preachers that utilize the wake up call as a, as a way to have their churches, their congregations move through text together. And so they will preach from this, whatever is being taught in the wake up call, they will preach from the the scriptures as part of that. And what they were offering here for this Romans piece was an opportunity to come together in that sermon preparation to share thoughts and ideas to allow for time for preachers to come in and, and hone their craft, essentially, um, to learn from one another, to grow together, to bounce ideas with each other, which is such a beautiful concept. And I longed, when I first bought the journal, I longed to sign up for that and I read the the invitation for that over and over several times, and then I set it on the back burner and I didn't sign up right away. And there was a reason for that. So the invitation, unlike other invitations that I have seen from Seedbed, um, Seedbed puts out invitations to pastors on a fairly regular basis. Um, so they have several retreats that they do, and they have a lot of other resources because. That's part of their mission is to resource pastors. Um, and they have put out a, a fellowship for worship leaders. Um, and as much as I love leading worship, I'm not currently in that role. So I don't really fit there. And I'm not really a pastor. And so I just sort of skim past those. But this was specifically targeted to preachers. And I longed. To be a part of that and at the same time all I kept thinking was who do you think you are who do you think you are you're not a you're not a pastor you're not ordained um, you're not recognized as a preacher um, you don't hold a title who do you think you are to sign up for something like that? You're going to sign up for that and you're going to get in the Zoom and they're going to look at you and go, what are you doing here? How dare you? How dare you come into this space that is set aside for preachers? Who do you think you are? Now, I have to say something here. That is a voice from the pit of hell and you will hear it in your life. Who do you think you are? say those things. Who do you think you are? To speak that way to me. Who do you think you are? And I hear this voice in the back of my head a lot lately. Who do you think you are? To go and offer advice uh, about what's going on with disaffiliation. Who do you think you are? To share your podcast with someone that might be in need of the thing that you just talked about. Who do you think you are? And this is a problem not just for me. It's a problem for all of us as Christians. Because in our weakness and in our uncertainty. I mentioned the fact, you know, in, in the prayer, I mentioned that, you know, we might be carrying loneliness and we might be carrying a feeling of abandonment and inadequacy. And the reason those words were in my head is I did sign up for that preaching um, block. And I did show up for that preaching block, despite the fact that the devil was trying very hard to keep me out of it. And um, And as I was driving, I jumped into the beginning of that, and J.D. was praying a prayer of consecration, and part of that was a call for us to think about the things that we were carrying in. Are you carrying? Are you bringing in a feeling of being pressed? all sides? Or are you tipping over into crushed? Or maybe into despair? Are you lonely? Do you feel abandoned? And I just started crying. I started crying because yeah, I'm there. And I didn't notice that I was there. And the reality is, is sometimes in our lives, as Christians, especially when we have our moments where we feel like we are walking by ourselves. It's interesting because people talk about that. I I had a conversation about that not very long ago, the idea that, you know, you suffer as a Christian alone, that it's going to be a lonely road and a lonely life, but that's not the picture we get in scripture. The picture we get in scripture is Paul writing to his friends about his friends. It's not very frequent that Paul writes, oh, I'm here all by myself. Now, he does write, I'm here all by myself except for Timothy and except for Luke. They're here with me. Um, So even in his times of, of real isolation as he was in prison, he usually had at least a few of his friends And a few of his disciples around that were bringing him food and were making sure that his, you know, he had his needs met because that was necessary in Roman prisons. So we don't really typically walk the road of a Christian by ourselves. We are designed to be in community with one another, But there are times that even though we may be part of a community, we feel disconnected and we feel abandoned. We feel like we've been answering God's call and we've wound up in a place where our lives are a wreck. Everything is wrong, where our families are falling apart, our jobs are falling apart, our finances are falling apart, our church is falling apart. And everything we touch seems to just go sideways from what we were expecting. And and we feel abandoned because the vision that we had in our mind of how these things were going to work is not working out the way we expected. And so we come into these spaces where we feel isolated, where we feel alone, where we feel like failures, where we feel like we are being pressed in and crushed, where we feel as though we're not enough, we're inadequate, and we're incapable. And in those moments, when we decide that we're going to step out in faith anyway, the devil comes to whisper in our ear, who do you think you are? You can't do that. So I want to look at, I want to look at here, this first bit of Romans, because this is where God is leading me with this tonight. This is where God came and drew this out of, because the fact of the matter, as a Christian, you have an answer to that question. Who do you think you are? I am who God says I am. Who do you think you are? I am. I'm a child of the Most High God. Who do you think you are? I am called to belong to Jesus. So here at the beginning of Romans, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's the part we're actually going to treat in this. But as J.D. made mention, um, the first part of Romans is actually... 1 through verse 17. So I'm going to read all of that today. And I'm probably going to read all of that on Friday. And I'm going to try to do a prepared sermon over the weekend. I I, I want to say something real quick and we're going to touch more. Actually, no, I'm not even going to touch on that because that's, that's next sermon. See, this is the thing God is going to be teaching me is to pay attention and stick with just what he wants me to talk about. Uh, But we are going to read through the whole of the scripture, and I think we're going to do that each time. Whatever passage we're working on for that week, we're going to cover the whole thing. Um, Because I like to read scripture. If you haven't figured that out about me by now, you will by the time you've you've spent any time. I like to read scripture. Sometimes I just want to read scripture, and I don't really want to read anything else. But for tonight, we're going to read the scripture, and then we're going to touch back on this real quick. So picking up in verse eight. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed through all the world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. All right, so we're going to come back up to this first bit here. The calling that is put here at the beginning tells us the answer when the devil comes at us and says, who do you think you are? The reality is you are called to belong to Jesus Christ. And when you consent to belong to Jesus Christ, so that is what it is when you profess Jesus Christ as Lord, you accept that He is your master, that you belong to Jesus Christ. And when you accept that, then you are who He calls you to be. You are under His protection, you belong to Him, you are His beloved. You are holy and righteous, redeemed, reconciled to God, empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead. By the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you are empowered to walk free from the power of sin, free from the power of death. You are empowered to carry the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ all throughout the world so that others will hear that call. More than that, you are given grace and peace from Jesus Christ and God our Father. And you are called to be saints. The people of God being shaped by God, being perfected by God, being made into the image of Jesus Christ, the Son. So today, I had a conversation about bullying and the struggle that that is for for young people. Um someone I love very dearly has been being verbally harassed um, by other people her age and it's making her very sad and it makes me very sad when the people that I love are put in that kind of position and yet at the same time you have to be able to give them the tools and the understanding of what to do in the face of that, because the reality is our culture right now, one of the things that, that J.D. pointed out in the wake-up call, I think it was today's, that just breaks my heart, is that you know, our young people, our 10-year-olds or 11-year-olds are killing themselves at epidemic rates. Because they're so broken by a world that speaks lies at them constantly. And it isn't just our 10-year-olds, it's our 20-year-olds and our 30-year-olds. They're so broken by a world that tells them constantly lies about themselves. That they're not good enough, that they're broken, that they are fat that they're ugly, that they're stupid, that they're ignorant, that they're incapable, that nobody loves them, that they should be ashamed of themselves, that they're dirty, that they have to recreate themselves and reinvent themselves daily to please the whims of the zeitgeist, the mob that says today, this is what is cool and who you should be. And if you will just remake yourself into the latest image that we're going to project to you then you will be happy because you will be accepted because then then we will love you if we if if you make yourself into who we say you should be then we will love you and that's really the message that we keep sending our children and that we keep sending our young adults that we keep sending our people that is the the core message of things like the the gender ideology that's being pushed or the feminist ideology that's being pushed or the, the toxic masculinity ideology or any political ideology. We call it identity politics for a reason. Because there are factions in the world that know that if they can push you into craving their approval enough to change who you are based on what they tell you to do, that they will control you forever. And so many of us have fallen for the lie that that is what it takes to be loved and accepted, that if I am just willing to sleep with you, then you'll love me. If I just clean the house better, then you'll love me enough not to hit me. And call me names. If I change my pronouns, then, then I will fit in and I will find my people and I will have a tribe and they will love me. And I need you to love me for who I am, but I might be somebody different tomorrow because the world says that I should be happy if I would just change myself into who they say I should be. And that is the message that we're sending our 10-year-olds and our 12-year-olds, our 20-year-olds, our 30-year-olds, our 60-year-olds, our, our 70-year-olds. If you would just get a facelift, or those like me, our 50-year-olds, if you would just exercise more and eat better, you'd love yourself more, and we would love you more. If you would just talk louder or be quieter or sit still or have more energy. I'm reading a book right now that I'm really not liking for my pastoral counseling class. And that's really actually kind of the reason is, is it speaks to disc personality traits. Um, but the language that it uses says you are defined by this. And if you want to be a better person, you just need to change who you are. So your identity is this and there's some good parts about that identity, but if you want to be a better person, you just need to change who you are and then people will like you. Then people will love you more then then you will be. And this is the message that the world gives us. This is the lies that we hear every day. These are the lies that are used against our children. These are the lies that the bullies will tell you to try to manipulate your day and make you miserable. You're ugly, you're stupid, you're fat. Nobody loves you. Nobody will ever love you. And we have a message that speaks to that. That's the gospel Paul is talking about here, right? We have a message that speaks to that. We have a message here that says, nothing in this world is actually going to make you happy because that craving that you have in your heart that desire that makes you just feel like you're dying inside sometimes because you just want to be loved you just want to be known you just want to be accepted that desire that you have in your heart deep down that is a core part of who you are as a human being and it's there on purpose that need to be loved and to be, belong. It's there on purpose because God put it there so that you would look for him. Because here it, here it is. You who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. We are all called to belong to Jesus Christ. And here's the beauty of that message. The world has a twisted image of what it is to love Jesus. And he they have a twisted image of what it is for Jesus to love you and to invite you. There's a really twisted message out there that says Jesus is only interested in you if you change to make him happy. That's not what the gospel is. Now, I want to be real clear. The gospel will change you. Jesus Christ will change you. He will remake you. He will bring about the best in you. He will take It was interesting. I was in a Bible study earlier and this is the the image that came to mind with the concept of sanctification with the the change that God makes in you. There is a you at the very center of who you are. It's kind of like the image in granite. That Michelangelo could see when it was just a big block. And the sanctification process is God chipping away at all of the pieces of that granite that are not you. He's chipping away at all the lies that have built up around you. He's chipping away at all of the sinfulness that has been thrust on you, all of the hurt and all of the pain that you have endured, all of the sins that you have committed and the the wickedness in your heart that you've done, it builds on us like rock and stone and it covers over who we are. But God sees all of it. He sees the big block of that crust of nastiness that, that we wrap around ourselves and try to polish up and make it look pretty. He sees that But he sees through that, he sees into the you that he created to thrive and to grow and to mature into the image of his son. Jesus will change you. And that's not a bad thing because the reality is, is we all change. That's part of who we are. It's growing. So we are all going to grow into something. The promise of Jesus is that if you belong to him, you don't have to flail around trying to figure out what everybody else wants you to be. He will give you his Holy Spirit and he will shape you and grow you in the way that will cause you to become you. The you that you were made to be. And he can do that because he is your creator and he knows he knows you, he loves you, he made you lovingly from beginning to end, he made you to be glorious because you belong to him, he made you to glorify the Lord, and I want to tell you something about glorifying the Lord, that's not simply, oh he's, you know, desirous of glory, that's not it, God is glorious and nothing you can do can make him more glorious. God is glorious, but because he made you for himself, because he called you to belong to him, he made you to be glorious and he will help you to become glorious. He will help you to thrive in ways that you could never imagine because he loves you. He knows everything you've ever done. He knows every thought you've ever had, every step that you've ever gone in the wrong direction. He knows all of it. And he loves you. That's what that feeling is in our hearts. That's what that feeling is that leaves people vulnerable to the lies of the world that say that longing to belong, that longing to be loved, that longing to be become is something that the world can answer. And that if you don't meet their criteria, then you're flawed, you're broken, it's your fault, and you have to fix yourself before they will love you. God loves you while you were a sinner. God loved you while you were broken. God loves you right here, right now. You don't do anything. It doesn't change. He loves you. Hmm. And you belong to Him. If you'll just belong to Him, if you'll just live in the love that He has for you, that's the good news of the gospel. And that's the message that we as Christians are failing. I love you. Don't hear this as as condemnation. This is conviction that the Lord needs every one of us to hear badly right now. Our children's lives depend on it. This is the message that we are failing to speak into the world around us. There is an identity that belongs to you. It isn't determined by culture and society. It's determined by God, your creator, who loves you and who created you for his purposes. He created you to love him back. He created you to be glorious. He created you to be in relationship with him. He created you to belong to him. And be part of his family, the saints of God. That's the message. That's the identity. That is who you are as a Christian. As a Christian, that's it. That's who you are. You are beloved of God. You belong to Jesus Christ. You are indwelled by the Holy Spirit and called to allow him to make you a saint so that you can enjoy God for all eternity with all your brothers and sisters who will love you and embrace you and be glorious together with you. Brothers and sisters, Please know who you are. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the identity that you give us as your children, as your beloved, as the bride of Christ, as the family of God, as a holy and living temple built of living stones, as the body of Christ bound together by the power of your Holy Spirit, building itself up in love as all of the joints and sinews work together to mature each and every member, to protect them, to help them to grow. Lord God, I pray for your people. I pray that you would give them a clarity, a vision about who they are tonight. That when the devil comes to whisper, who do you think they are? Their response is, I know who I am. I belong to God. I belong to Jesus and I am his child. Father, I pray that you would help your people not only to know that for themselves, but to speak it, Lord God, to speak it over their children, to speak it to their neighbors to speak it lord to every single person out there who is broken and hurting who is struggling with suicide who is struggling with depression who is struggling with anxiety and rejection and loneliness and abandonment lord god there are so many ways that we have invented to do evil to one another let your people remember that you created us And that, as J.D. said, that's the beginning. The beginning is the good news. That you are Lord of creation and that you made all of it and it was very good. Lord God, I pray that you would help your children tonight to speak that good news into the world. To invite those who are struggling so hard to figure out who they are, Lord. To find their rest in you. God, we thank you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed and be a blessing.